What's up, everyone? I am Jake Savage, and welcome to the Persuasion School Podcast. A little bit about me for those of you who are here for the first time. I'm a salesman by trade. I've been in sales now for 13 years. I got my start back when I was 15. I, it's 14 years now. Um, I I got my start in door-to-door sales, actually, as a 15-year-old kid in high school. Crazy how I stumbled into it. It was, uh, in some senses, similar to the Wolf of Wall Street. Not completely, but at times, it definitely was. So that was interesting, uh, being a 15-year-old kid introduced to that type of environment. But I loved it, of course. So I, I kept knocking. Knocked on doors throughout high school, throughout college, and then after college, totaling just about 100,000 doors over the course of seven years off and on. Just absolutely loved everything about sales because... To me, each new individual that I was speaking to was a brand new encounter, a brand new challenge to overcome. And I had an absolute blast (laughs) dealing with rejection and overcoming the fear of rejection, working on overcoming the fear of rejection. I don't know if any of us ever actually fully get over that fear, but uh, overcoming the fear of rejection and then also just learning how to build rapport with individuals in a matter of seconds. and learning about the needs, goals, and wants of that individual, and then finding a way to align what it is I'm offering in a way that helps to meet those needs and goals. And it, you know, if you if you screw up or do something wrong, you try again 50 feet down the sidewalk at the next house, and just gave me plenty of runway to learn how to sell. So I'm very grateful for that experience. From there, I transitioned over into Base Makers which we started about six years ago. So I got to help start it with a handful of other amazing people. And Basemakers is an outsourced sales company for emerging food and beverage brands. So for the last five or six years, I've really spent the majority of my time building and training a team of elite salespeople and performers. So now through this podcast, Persuasion School, I also teach people how to communicate persuasively. And on the show, we like to just focus on one method or principle at a time. So the episodes are short, usually 10 minutes or less. Focus on one principle, something that's easily digestible and actionable, something that you can use immediately after listening to the episode. So whether you're in sales, you're in fundraising, you're campaigning, or you're just trying to get your kids, friends, or partner to listen to you, this is the place to come and learn. All right, so for today, I am excited about what we're going to talk about. I'm going to share another one of those FBI tips for building rapport. I'll explain. Uh, But the first one I shared was from the 12th episode of Persuasion School. It's called Artificial Time Constraints. So if you haven't heard that, would encourage you to go back and take a listen. Uh, Some good information in there that comes directly from FBI hostage negotiators. So quick context. A few years ago, Time Magazine released this article that uh, was uh, based on interviews with different hostage negotiators from the FBI around the U.S. And, and Tom wrote the article because they were uh, interested in the findings that they, they discovered that all of these hostage negotiators used the same tactic uh, when negotiating with, you know, uh, hostage taker, I guess that's a terrorist. I don't know. Just whoever's on the other end of the phone. Uh, you know, in order for a successful outcome for lives to be saved, 
one thing, there was one thing in common that all these hostage negotiators had to do. And they said this one thing, which was the most important uh, indicator of a successful outcome, was building rapport with the hostage taker. Mind-blowing, right? Building rapport with the hostage taker was the number one most important thing for a successful outcome. And Time Magazine wrote an article on the 10 different tips for building rapport quickly with somebody. And as soon as I read it, I started to recognize a handful of them as things that I had learned in the the world of door-to-door sales and even car sales. And I, I had been doing them, I had been trained to do them, but couldn't put my finger on what the actual thing was, the principle, or why it even worked. So it was fascinating to, to read this article and discover some of the principles that I had learned and uh, not only what they are, but why they work. So that's kind of what I wanted to share with everybody here on Persuasion School. So we, we went through one, which was creating artificial time constraints. Not going to get into it now. You can go listen to the episode. It's short, uh, but definitely recommend it. Today, I want to talk about one of the other tips from the FBI on building rapport quickly with anybody. It's one that I'm willing to bet you probably have not heard of before, probably have not done before. It is, in fact, the opposite of what most of us think to do when building rapport with most people. So a lot of us, we may think naturally that uh, when it comes to favors, we'd want to offer our help, offer a favor, you know, kind of tap into reciprocity, right? Like if, if we do a favor for this person, they will like us and we will build rapport. But that's actually the opposite of what this tip is. It is, in fact, to ask for help or ask for a favor from the person you are building rapport with. So not offering a favor, asking for a favor from them. And so again, before I understood why this worked, this was something that I did all the time uh, in door-to-door sales. For example, we were trained to, uh, if the sale was struggling or not going the direction that we wanted to and we're on the doorstep of uh, somebody's home to ask them for a glass of water. And when they would go get us a glass of water, this was them doing us a favor and you know we, we'd have an opportunity to chat with them for a little bit longer. And you bet that every time I got that glass of water, I drank it slow F so that I had a few more minutes uh, to try to persuade this individual to eventually let me into their home and talk to them about uh, what it was I was selling. So we were trained to ask for a glass of water, and this was a favor that these homeowners would do for us. And eventually, me and my friends started trying to take it to the next level, and we would see if we could get hot cocoa when it was cold, or we would see if we could get people to make us cookies or make us dinner. This is all serious. We really did this. And I, 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 this is true. This is so true. Uh, me and a small group of friends who all loved doing this, we had some of our best meals <laughs> in our lifetime, in the homes of strangers after asking them to make us something. And these people gladly did it. People are nice, by the way. And it is unbelievable how generous strangers can be with other complete strangers. I truly did have people bake me cookies and make me dinner. And we built relationships too. So it was a win-win for everybody. And... um So anyways, let's talk about why this is important and why I think that you should try it. Here's why. When we perform favors or help other people, 
we actually start to feel good about ourselves. This is important. So if I help you with something, I'm actually doing it for, there's a slightly selfish reason. I'm going to feel good about myself when I help you. And that's what we want to try to tap in here. So what's happening when I feel good about myself is I have endorphins that are starting to flow through my brain, right? So these chemicals are flowing. I'm feeling good about myself. Well, when our brains experience an excess of endorphins, the brain can sense that there's an excess, but it does not know where the excess came from. So true story, your brain will associate that excess, the excess endorphins with those closest to you in proximity. So if we feel these endorphins flowing, we feel good about ourselves, we're helping others, the endorphins are flowing, our brains aren't sure where the endorphins are coming from, so they're going to associate it with the person closest to us in proximity. I've even heard of people taking investors out for runs before they ask them to invest into their project solely for the reason of getting those endorphins up before actually asking so the person can associate those endorphins with them. So that's what we're doing here when we ask someone to perform a small favor for us. They will feel good about themselves. They will in turn associate those good feelings with you. And that strengthens your rapport. And this is, again, just a small step that we can take to creating a stronger connection with a potential client, potential donor, or investor. Or just anybody, stranger, if you're hungry, go knock on someone's door, ask them for some dinner. Um, But asking for favors instead of offering favors. So again, this comes directly from the FBI counterintelligence unit, those responsible for um, dealing with hostage negotiations. So asking someone to perform a small favor for you. Would encourage you to try that. And when you do, let me know how it goes. Keep me posted. You can always reach out to me directly. Send me a DM on Instagram. I'm pretty active on there. It's at it's Jake Savage. Or you can also send me an email at jake at jakesavage.co. And while we're talking about favors, I'd love to ask you for a favor. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, I think you should. And I would like to ask you to subscribe. And then... Let's take it one more step further because that's pretty easy, just pressing a button. If you feel like you get any value out of this podcast at all, I would ask you for another favor, which would be to recommend it to at least one other person. Yes, of course, I want more people to subscribe to this podcast, probably for some, some, some deep vein reasons, but also in reality, I truly believe that everybody will benefit from learning how to be more persuasive more persuasive in a positive way to get what we want out of life and not and and i want to clarify i don't mean manipulative i mean persuasive so identifying how to create win-win situations with the people that we're trying to win over so again small favors subscribe then if you feel like being bold today maybe you could refer this podcast to or recommend this podcast to one other person. 50 points if you recommend it to two other people. So anyways, feel free to reach out to me directly again at It's Jake Savage or jake at jakesavage.co. Thank you guys. Talk to you soon.